Uh, and mindfulness is kind of this capacity that we have to be more conscious of about what is going on in our heart, in our mind, in our activity. Um, so in one, in one aspect, it's, it's this um, kind of meta-level awareness um, that can hold our experience um, in, without getting so caught up in our experience. Uh, mindfulness is also a way of being. It's a way of uh, living our, our life. Uh, and uh, when we live more mindfully, uh, we live in a way that is connected to maybe our greater intentions, our, our greater understanding of what's healthy and what's not healthy. You're listening to the voice of Jesse Foy, who's a founder and guiding teacher at Rooted in Mindfulness, a center located in the state of Wisconsin. Jesse's teachings are informed by over 25 years of learning and practice that includes an extensive formal education in Buddhism and contemporary psychology at Neproa University, advanced teaching training in mindfulness stress reduction at the Center of Mindfulness at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and a 15-year mindfulness-based mind-body medical practice and numerous retreats with both Western and Eastern teachers. Jesse unites traditional Buddhism psychology and modern mindfulness-based models in ways that are accessible and relevant to everyone. He aims to illuminate the importance of awakening our innate capacity for great wisdom and great compassion to promote health, well-being, happiness, freedom, and goodness in our inner and outer world. In this episode, you will learn the differences between mindfulness and meditation and why both skills are important and useful to help you live a conscious and engaged life. Jesse will also lead us through a mindful meditation that will help relax your mind and give you clarity. If you're feeling stressed out, have high anxiety, then definitely stay to the end of this episode. You can always revisit this meditation in this episode whenever you need to be relaxed, release stress and anxiety, so you can center your energy back to live consciously. So stay tuned and listen on. Hello friends, this is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Ki Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. Hello, friends out there. I'm super excited that I have a special guest here today, Jesse Foy. So, Jesse, I heard about your work in meditation and mindfulness, so that's why I'm so excited that you're here today and um, to share with our audience about meditation and mindfulness because, you know, I've started to meditate and meditate a little bit more, especially during this time of uncertainty and crisis. But, you know, on general, like I've always tried to meditate in the morning time, like five to 10 minutes using an app or um, saying a mantra, which is basically a personal phrase to me. And these are just things I just picked up like on my own by watching YouTube or reading books. And then I also like to meditate with mala bees because I like making mala bees jewelry. That's kind of like my hobby. Um, but I never really have formal training or actually did the research about mindfulness and meditation. And so that's why I'm so excited that you're here today because I think of our listeners who are probably in the same boat like I am. Like we kind of dabble on it, but then like we really, if we really want to know more about it, like exactly like what is the actual human experience that comes out of meditation, mindfulness, uh, we would love to know more about that. So we're so excited that you're here today. And if you can tell us more about your work in meditation and mindfulness and, and how you even got started in this path. And, and also if you can share us about your center mission. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, thank you. Uh, I love what you said about um, being part of the human experience and and that's very much uh, what this this practice of mindfulness and meditation is about is is really connecting uh, to what it is to be um, this human who's alive here uh, in, in, in living. And mindfulness is a practice that, that allows us to, to connect uh, more fully to, to who we are and, and how we are. And one of the, the common misconceptions as we begin practice is we try to intellectualize it. We try to bring it into, so if I, if I understand mindfulness like this, you know, then, then I'm doing it well and it'll give me certain benefits. But the practice of mindfulness is really connecting to, to what it is to be a healthy human being. Um, and I, I was thinking about when I really first started practicing meditation where I actually knew what I was doing, <laughs> or at least, you know, um, it's, it's funny when you look back at, at why you start things and how you start things, especially as you're young. Uh, but I, I think my practice became diligent and connected at around uh, 19 years old. And um, shortly after that, I went to school to study uh, um, Buddhist psychology uh, and, um, and contemplative psychology. And um, it was kind of before mindfulness-based was, was the fad, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so I think now they would call it mindfulness-based psychology. Uh, and uh, I went to school out in Boulder at, at, a, at, a, at a college called Naropa. Uh, and then I went into tra traditional um, uh, Chinese medicine for a while afterward uh, and, and got another degree in that and started to study and continue my practice and, and started to, to practice a mindfulness-based integrative uh, approach to, to, to medicine. And then I went and studied with John Kabat-Zinn and the colleagues at UMass at, um, at their Center for Mindfulness. So trained in, in the delivery of mindfulness-based stress reduction, started teaching that in different medical settings in, in our local area. And then after doing that for a while, there's... Um, um, started to have this a little questioning the approach in a way. And, and as many know, sometimes in the medical setting, just the nature of, of the institutions, uh, sometimes things have a larger price tag. And, and some of our, our courses were in, in the hundreds of dollars. And, and it, to me, it wasn't a really sustainable way to, to have people continue practice be, beyond that intervention. So we started... I started this little grassroots center called Rooted in Mindfulness, where we could offer the, the, the teachings and the practices and a place for community to gather. A common question is, I've learned this technique somewhat. <laughs> How do you continue it? And so Rooted in Mindfulness started as this little community in this, in this room, really. And, and, and it grew into this um, community. We became a nonprofit um, to be better support the community. We grew in numbers and in space. And um, it's just a, a beautiful little place. And, and I retired, which is funny sounding because I'm young, <laughs> from the medical practice and, and now teach uh, um, in a variety of different ways mindfulness full time. Um, 
Um, and that's my my background leading up to this moment in a in a nutshell, <laughs> as as it relates to, to to where I came from with mindfulness. And I was wondering, you know, this might be something that many of our listeners might be thinking about is, you know, you use the word meditation and mindfulness. Like, what exactly is the difference between those two? Uh, and mindfulness and is kind also, of... also, you had mentioned that you study Buddhist psychology. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and is that the foundation of both meditation and mindfulness, or is that a separate thing? So, love for you to just share your definition mm-hmm. about these different um, themes. Mindfulness is... Um, has become a a catch-all term. You know, so mindfulness is both um, this capacity for us to be more present to our experience, um, to be, we're we're all conscious and we're all aware, um, but we're not often how we're conscious to our experience. Uh, In other words, we can have a lot on our mind, but we might not be aware of where our thoughts and our emotions and our doings are taking us this capacity that we have to be more conscious of about what is going on in our heart, in our mind, in our activity. Um, so in one, in one aspect, it's, it's this um, that can hold our experience um, in, without getting so caught up in our experience. Uh, mindfulness is also a way of being. It's a way of uh, living our, our life. Uh, and uh, when we live more mindfully, uh, we live in a way that is connected to maybe our greater intentions, our, our greater understanding of what's healthy and what's not healthy. Um, and so mindfulness is also a skill that we can, we can grow. We all are aware, but sometimes we're not um, as proficient as we can be in directing what we're paying attention to. Um, so we can skillfully uh, understand how our, our, our minds and our hearts work and, um, and um, let it be a, a way of being. The meditation practice is a practice that there's all kinds of meditation. There's meditations uh, that are just... Um, maybe just really focusing and concentrating the mind. There's meditations that are open to just really paying attention to what your experience is in in an open, open way. There's, there's meditations that help you relax your body. Uh, The kind of practice that's related to mindfulness cultivation, sometimes called insight meditation or traditionally Vipassana meditation. And it's a meditation that balances stabilizing and calming your mind while at the same time increasing uh, your your skillful awareness Uh, and it's designed to strengthen and cultivate mindfulness so there's a mindfulness meditation is a has a very specific um, function and goal and it's to 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 increase our ability to be more aware it has also benefits of of relaxing the body. <laughs> you know, it also has benefits of, of promoting wellness in the body and all of this stuff. Um, but the primary function of mindful awareness is to increase our capacity, our skill of being mindful in our daily life, if that makes sense. 
Oh, that makes sense. And I think for our listeners, they'll be excited to learn how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Um, in public health, like where we work, you know, we're constantly bombarded with like so many public health issues and that we have to deal with. And one person is not just only working on one particular task, they're working on multiple tasks. And especially now during this coronavirus pandemic where resources are scarce and personnel capacity is a little bit limited um, because people are locked down or people can go to the office. And so one person might be doing a lot more work. And so I can imagine that many people in public health and also many of our listeners who are working in a different discipline are just bombarded with so many things in their head. And so being mindful in your work to increase your capacity to do work so you can improve concentration and focus, I think it's so important. So yeah, yeah I would love to learn more about that. And, and I'm so excited um, that um, later on during this interview, you would be leaving us a meditation practice. So listeners, definitely stay tuned near the end because this meditation is going to really help you and who knows what type of human experience you're going to have mm. in a conscious way or unconscious way. So yeah. stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but I would love for us to um, dive more into some of the science behind meditation and mindfulness. I mean, I know that you just said that insightful mindfulness or insightful meditation um, improves mm -hmm. our body, but what that exactly does it do? I mean, especially for listeners who aren't familiar with that, like what they see on TV is some, monk on a mountaintop <laughs> meditating right. in this clear right. space and to them that's right. how they imagine what meditation is but right. i would love for you to just share that well no meditation is available to everyone at any time anywhere how can people approach that and what's the science behind that because i think if people know the why to it they may be interested to explore more into it yeah yeah and and let me piggyback a little bit what you were talking about before with um with these, with with healthcare practitioners and and I don't know, parents, teachers, all, all you know, you know, everyone who's going about their 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 day in this life with these with these with these other stress stressors, but and they're doing service to to help you know whatever population or people who are close to them. Uh, what a what a compassionate thing to do, right? To to put ourselves for them to put themselves, all of us to put ourselves in the midst of, and uh, we can get overwhelmed, like you were suggesting, um, in you know, all these multitasks and, and all these things that need to be accomplished and done well for the benefit of who we're doing them for. And um, you know, just to be able to, to, we can forget how much good our experience is, like how, beautiful it is that that people are are doing service but we can forget to take care of ourselves. and like you said meditation and mindfulness um it needs to be applicable you know what are we doing when we're running from patient to patient and doing this and doing that and and um and and we're just getting caught more and more in the momentum of it uh that's a perfect time, any time, and is to to check in and see how am I? What am I doing? <laughs> what momentum is happening? Just that interjecting into your experience of your day is a very profound act of mindfulness and meditation. We stopped, we looked. Because what's the alternative is to just get caught in, in the flow of doing and it perpetuates, it snowballs. Mm 
So the best time to meditate is any time, you know, in these times of stress and also in these times of, of, of wellness. Because sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll be in the position where we can rest and our mind starts to think about the things that we need to be doing outside of our rest. And we can't even appreciate that time that we're, you know, we're spending with our family or eating food or, or whatever, um, falling asleep. Um, so any time is a good time. Uh, research shows, just like anything, the more you put your attention into it, like playing a piano, doing any skill, um, the more we pay attention, the more we actively engage in mindfulness, where we start to thread maybe this one moment, maybe we thread two moments, <laughs> maybe we introduce it a few times to the degree that we actively engage in showing up to our life kind of formally. Um, uh, research shows that that has profound benefits. One of the neat things about, about the science um, and mindfulness as it's converging right now is, is we have this traditional practice that's been going on for a really long time and people um, know that it works because they see the benefit. They see the increase of well-being and health. And then we have science right now with the psychologies, the neuroscience, all the research that go to PubMed type mindfulness, anything else, and you'll see the flood of research here in Madison, uh, Richard Davidson um, at UW-Madison is doing such profound work on, on mindfulness, meditation, emotional and um, well-being. Um, he's researched John Kabat-Zinn, Tibetan monks, put them in scanners, <laughs> measured, uh, measured the, the, the structure of the brain and and even after eight weeks of, of mindfulness-based stress reduction or something like that, they'll see an increase in, um, in the prefrontal cortex that, that can help, um, that, um, that changes you know, in, in beneficial ways. Um, we can measure a lot of these things. And I encourage anyone just for faith, <laughs> for confidence, just do a Google search on mindfulness, research, whatever you want to associate with that, and you'll find it. Golfing, <laughs> there'll be research on that too. Um, there's this beautiful thing that we've discovered in, in the last um, a few couple decades uh, is, is that this brain changes. Um, they call it neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, uh, and it changes according to what we're paying attention to. And so if we're, if we're practicing paying attention to our life in a more meaningful way, not only does it give us insight into our life, but over time, it starts to actually um, bring real changes to the structure of, of this physical organism, <laughs> you know, the brain and, and, and our nervous system. And, um, and it's beautiful because that, that, that inspires that, oh, something's actually happening. Um, but I encourage you can see that for yourself by applying yourself to these unfolding moments that make up your life. And, and you start to see uh, that 
Yeah, beautiful. The science is reinforcing what I'm seeing in my personal experience, where we become the laboratory and the observer, and the subject is our life, who we are in, in relationship to it. If, I mean, because I think people have this image, like I said, like I have to be on some mountaintop or you know, go to a special retreat where it's like all peaceful and it's just beautiful water and <laughs> perfect sand, beaches. And But no, I mean, if anything, the best ways to any time, even in the midst of chaos, because that itself is a good experiment, right? To see like how well can you um, focus on what you're doing in spite of chaos. And that itself yeah. is probably a better testimony than having to go on some mountaintop when there's no people. Well, yeah, there's no people right. there. That's not going to bug you. So Somehow um, I feel much better, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why? Why I feel much better when there's nobody around. Yeah. But that's not reality. So uh, so I think like that, I really like that analogy that we are our own laboratory that we're walking around and we can conduct this experiment anytime yeah. and we can see the results immediately and, and I, capture it and, and journal about it. Um, Beautiful. So thank be, you for be that. Aware. Yeah, exactly. And and the more we unfold those moments, the more we show up, the more we start to see the importance of showing up. And then so we start to dedicate ourselves to practice a little bit more. And then maybe we are inspired to take a 10-day, re- well, couple-day retreat <laughs> or whatever and, um, and, and see what it's like to look at ourselves in a prolonged way. And, and the two complement one another. Uh, there's an, an example of one of uh, a big a big moment in my life uh, you know was was the birth of of my 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 daughter and and later my son but at the time where my daughter was really young i was on a, a teacher training retreat with john cabot zinn um, and their colleagues they were they were doing a large teaching uh, where where were physicians researchers i think even some politicians were there and um, it, was, it was after some sharing and, and some people were just sharing some really difficult things in their life and loss of, of loved ones and difficult circumstances. And then we went out to go do this walking meditation. It was in California. And uh, I started to walk and, and mindfully just paying attention to what was on my heart and mind. And I would walk out and look at this forest and then I would turn back around and look at the building that we were all in. And then I remember all the suffering. Then look at this forest. And it must have been on this little, down the mountain was this school. And I heard little children playing. And I think they literally don't step in the lava or whatever. <laughs> you know, like picture them on their, on their little playground. And I would go back and forth in this contrast of us adults and all the suffering that can happen in life and trying to navigate that to these beautiful little sing-songy children, playful voices. And I caught myself just stopped with tears, you know, just, ah, you know, some tears. And I thought, my daughter is going to grow up and experience this human condition uh, that involves suffering and sometimes quite profound. And Immediately, I, my body constricted. <laughs> my my thoughts started. They need. She needs to go to this school. Do this. I need. You know, started to create this real kind of cocoon around her, and as this attempt for desperate protection, <laughs> like as she grows up. And then I stopped and realized, look at all of this reactivity. It's not even realistic that I can help in that way. 
what I can do is see her, is love her, be present for her, understand her, uh, and, and respond uh, with as much wholesome dadness as I possibly can. And that felt that attending um, would allow me to, to meet both of our, the imperfections of life, the imperfections of one another's and the, and the perfection of one another and be more present. Can I see her when she looks at me? Can she know that I'm seeing her? And the quality that that moment of one moment or a few unfolding moments of insight, of presence showing up to how am I in relationship to things, I'm sure was such a beautiful cascade of health for my daughter, me, our family. And so one thing that is so beautiful about this mindfulness practice is that it allows us to connect more fully to the preciousness that is our life. And it helps us remember what's important. And the more we practice show up, the more we see how precious our life is and how important our actions are. And I have a secret ulterior motive to teaching mindfulness. The more mindful we are, the more compassionate we are. And goodness knows the more mindful people would create a more mind, uh, compassionate world. And, and, and I don't know about you, but <laughs> I see the need <laughs> out there collectively. I think that's so beautifully said. And I think parents who are listeners out there are to be parents. You know, maybe that's just a, 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 some words of wisdom that you're sharing to them. Because I think a lot of parents are out there who are you know, take, or at the beginning of, their, of taking care of a child might have those same concerns and fear. But maybe the best thing is just to be present. Like yeah. you said, just, yeah. just, just simply be present with unconditional love and then being mindful about that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, for our listeners or anyone out there who are just wants to be more mindful is, would it be possible that you lead us a brief meditation practice sure. uh, so people can get a taste of that and something that they could take away with them um, after this podcast and they can revisit this um, this part of the podcast if they want to you know do this meditation again and for listeners who are driving or doing something else maybe yeah. you want to listen to this part later when you're not uh, in those in those situations but um, would, mm. would, would that be possible Jesse oh, oh absolutely sure okay thank you yeah. all right so yeah go ahead okay and um, I happen to be in my center, so I have a bell. I don't carry it around with me, <laughs> but, but I'm here now. So um, if you're able and if it's comfortable, uh, go ahead and close your eyes. Uh, if it's more comfortable for you to have them open, that's fine too. Uh, but I'm going to ring the bell three times, and, and these bells are, are just this invitation uh, to intentionally turn toward a practice, a formal practice, to cultivate the skill of mindfulness and presence.
So in meditation practice, whether we're sitting down for a period of time or just checking in throughout the day, just stopping and pausing in the hallway, one of the most important things in practice is to realize that you are strengthening that skill of presence. So if you're sitting, sitting in a way that is upright, that embodies your intention. If you're standing, just bringing this uprightness to your, to your body and your heart and your mind. And at the same time, inviting ease in your body. You might notice that there's tension in your face and your shoulders or your belly, anywhere. And you recognize this and you compassionately offer some ease here. I stumbled upon a little helpful reminder for practice that uses the acronym of, of CARE, C, so we can invite calm. Often our mind and our heart are restless. We can invite calm in our body, in our heart, in our mind. A in care stands for aware. Mindfulness is about understanding ourselves and seeing. So being aware of how does this body feel? How do you feel in the heart at this moment? What is your mind doing? Just being aware of what's in your body, what's in your heart and in your mind. Mindfulness isn't about pushing away our experience. It's to turn toward it, really, to understand it and to become skillful with it. So take a, like a minute or so just to invite calm in this body. And just be willing to see how you are, this body, heart, and mind. Because mindfulness allows us to 
choose to step out of, of the habits of our mind. We can see what's going on in our body, heart, and mind, but we can choose to, to redirect. So see if you can bring the sensations of your body breathing into the front of your awareness. You're not pushing anything else away, but you're redirecting your attention to focus on something else. And the something else is this unfolding breath. Recognizing when you're breathing in, recognizing when you're breathing out. trying to not miss the next in or out breath, just seeing each breath unfold and blend into the other. you'll notice that that's not always the easiest thing to do. Your mind will become attracted to something that's happening in the body and your emotions and your mind and the environment. And this is why it's called a practice. You're aware that your mind has become distracted and you just dedicate yourself to bringing the breath back into the front of your awareness. This strengthens your ability to see where your mind is, to let go, redirect it. Taking a few more intentional mindful breaths. in care is this invitation to remember what's important we're trying to live in a way that is beneficial to ourselves and to others and to both ourselves and others at the same time so R represents to remember what's important to you what's healthy we can get caught in our doing and forget that. Another word for mindfulness translation is to remember, to remember what's important.
and the E in care stands for engage. I'm going to ring the bell three more times to end the meditation. But we know we're stepping back into the momentum of our life, no matter where we are. And can we engage in a way that invites a little more calm, stability, a little more awareness, a little more remembering, and engage in a way that might be a little more healthy. It's a practice that, that uses the word care to help us remember each of those steps to calm, aware, remember, and then engage. Um, and I like the word care because that's what we're doing. We're caring for, for ourselves and, and, and others. Well, thank you so much, Jesse, for that meditation and sharing with us this caring approach through care and like the acronym um, calmness, awareness, remembrance, and engagement. So thank you for that so much. And thank you so much for sharing your story and the, and just the benefits of meditation and mindfulness to our, to ourselves, because when we are better, when we're better caretakers of ourselves, we can then be better caretaker for the world and work collectively through our work. Um, to all experience this human experience. So th- thank you so much. Oh, thank and, you. And, 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 and related to that, imagine our, you know, some, um, don't, don't underestimate the power of the small because imagine if, if collectively or individually that we were 1% more mindful you know, 1% more intentional interactions. That means one out of every seconds that we would have this potential uh, to meet our life a little more fully um, rather than not having those moments, <laughs> you know, just the, the, the change in, in this kind of collective that, you know, this world that we're living in. I would take one moment every hundred. <laughs> that would be profoundly healing, I think. <laughs> mm, I like that I- imagery. And if we all collectively in the whole world do this together, can yeah. imagine the collective energy that we can all create together. Yeah, so I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Jesse, again, thank you so very much. And uh, for our listeners who want to learn more about meditation and mindfulness, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, well, we have a, a website, rootedinmindfulness.org. Uh, that's a nice place to, to find out what's going on. Uh, we had to make, some transitions um, due to the circumstances right now that we're all facing. Uh, so usually it's a place where we come into the center and, and learn and practice together. It's a very casual center, but we have some offerings online um, and we're, um, so you're welcome to join. Everything at Rooted Mindfulness is donation-based. Um, come as you are. <laughs> 
and um, and it might be beneficial to sign up for our newsletter for when things get returned back to normal. And, and we will be offering uh, more video meditations online, uh, some recordings of some of the drop-ins for for those of you who might not be comfortable, you know, coming to a Zoom set Zoom session or or whatever. Um, uh, so you're welcome to to check us out online, rootedinmindfulness.org. Where are you physically located? And then do you also do workshops out of state um, for those who are interested once we get things back to normal? Um, We're planning on doing more out of state Um, right now, a little bit with Zoom. (laughs) That allows us to teleport, I guess. Um, But we're located in Brookfield, Wisconsin. uh, And um, our address is on the website. Uh, but don't come right now. (laughs) But but we're, we're located here. And we also do hold... Uh, longer day-long retreats uh, in in a variety of locations. Uh, we like to find um, a more nature-based location, still inside and nice and comfy. But <laughs> uh, Kettle Moraine is one that we do, and um, uh, those are nice. Even if you're new to practice, a lot of people come to these day-longs, uh, which is pretty courageous <laughs> uh, because it's a day of practice. And um, it's often a really rewarding experience, even if, if you haven't uh, been exposed to the practice. There's something neat about just stepping out of the currents of your life for a while and taking care of yourself. Um, listeners out there, definitely check out all these great resources and consider signing up for a meditation or zo- joining in some of these Zoom sessions or once we get back to normal, maybe even some of these retreats. That sounds really great. And sometimes it's nice to... Um, get away and be with nature because you know being with nature also have its own experience uh, with that human experience with nature so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so and thank you, thank you so all, much jesse yeah thank you for all that you're doing you know at you know education and, and sharing is is um is 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 just wonderful you know to be able to to communicate with each other through your podcast and and to educate and with this intention to to help that's wonderful that's wonderful. So thanks for all the work that you do, too. Oh, thank you so much, Jesse, for your kind words. I appreciate that. <laughs> so so listeners, definitely um, uh, check out the website to learn more. And then feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or any topics that you're interested in um, that we can cover on our podcast. So thank you again. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks.